0: We all have moments where we feel insecure. Without awareness, those moments of insecurity shape so much of our lives. Hi, I'm Chris McAllister, and I founded SightShift to help people like you and me, leaders and coaches, use the moments they feel insecure to transform their identity, their teams, and their culture. Listen in as I interview people around what it means to be the kind of leader who uses these moments to transform themselves. Welcome, everybody, to the Sightshift Podcast. Glad you're here, and we are on this journey where we're getting to let you hear some stories that I think are going to help you, encourage you, inspire you, give you something that's going to help you as a leader grow. And excited today to introduce you to my friend, Ryan Prestel. Ryan, so glad to have you here today on the podcast.
1: Yeah, Chris, thanks for having me. Excited about this today.
0: Yeah, yeah, just a time to catch up, connect, and share some things. So just to give people some context, as you know, we define ourselves by what we do. And so we don't care about anything other than your role. (laughs) Inside (laughs) joke for those that have uh, done the work. But yeah, just to give people some context, tell us a little bit about what you're doing as a role in work and anything else you may wanna share about yourself.
1: Sure, so if I had to describe Ryan, what I aspire to do in life, it's, you know, I enjoy building relationships and shape the future. Now, that doesn't exactly tell you what I do. What I do day to day is I run a sales team uh, for an energy marketing agency in Dublin called Questline. And I have a passion for energy that started many moons ago. I started a company called Jade track back in 2007, 2008. Uh, Ran that for about 10 years before we sold it at the end of 2020 to a local energy company here in Columbus. And so ultimately, you know, how how unfinished business in this energy space. And as you know, there's a lot happening in the form of clean energy, you know, sustainability, all that. It felt like I could make a difference here in this space. And so, you know, helping utility companies communicate with their customers, ultimately driving engagement and program outcomes.
0: Oh yeah. So clear and tight, very clear. I love it. And I love the impact of the mission, these relationships that are going to be there, standing when the future comes, ready to have an impact. Super cool. Where right now do you feel like uh, you've got momentum? It could be personally or professionally, wherever your mind goes where you're like, yeah, I I feel like I'm in a groove here.
1: That's a great question. You know, I I would say it's probably in some of the consistency that I've been able to bring into my life. Uh, You know, I always joke, I've never lacked intensity. But I, I've always struggled with consistency and and I would say consistency can show up in a number of different ways. And, you know, I've, I've found myself doing things more consistently, you know, in all aspects of my life. So whether it's personally, professionally, spiritually, you know, trying to find a rhythm and sticking to it, which is something that I've often struggled with. So I would say, you know, momentum and, you know, and doing things, you know, repetitively, consistently. I mean seeing great outcomes from doing those things repetitively and consistently.
0: Yeah, man. That's even the way you were explaining it was repetitive and consistent. I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Andre. That's good. Well, what a, you know, that's something for me. Yeah. It's like, okay, Chris, you've got the inspiration here. You're a, you're a starter in many ways. Where do you need to be a finisher? And and a lot of ways I've got to let go and not be the finisher uh, as we have the team now. and, And some of those parts and pieces that have come together, but I still have to be consistent in a ton of practice. Uh, And there are things that I'm like, I have to put it on the calendar, schedule it, and I'm like, do this here, okay? Don't get distracted by that conceptual vision you want to work on. Super cool. Where do you feel like right now there's a gap you're trying to close? You're like, man, I'm wanting to get better at this, and this is how I'm trying to get better at
1: it you know, I still feel like I'm trying to figure out what this next chapter in my professional life is going to be. And, you know, while I'm really happy with where I'm at and work that I'm doing, you know, I have this itch that I don't really know where it is that needs scratched. You know, when I think about this idea of, you know, getting back into, you know, startups, this whole zero to one, you know, that comes with running a small company, starting and running a small company, you know, I have some hesitations just from my experiences, you know, jumping back into that, you know, When and and how I want to do that and ultimately I feel like there is that opportunity that's just like right at my doorstep that I can see it but I can't quite touch it yet and it's kind of there conceptually but it isn't tangible for me yet and so you know I think about you know where I'm going to be in three years five years like I have some ideas but it's not clear yet and I'm just trying to take it you know one day at a time and not get too far ahead of myself on any of that so on one hand, I think it's, you know, I don't feel like I'm stuck, but it's like, I can see it and I, and I feel like I could touch it, but I can't yet. And that kind of irks me as somebody that wants to be in control of everything. Uh, I'm not in control, just had to come to realize that, you know, I need to let those things play out. You know, what happens happens and, you know, I just got to show up and be present in doing so. So it's good and bad because um, again, on one hand, I want to control it. But on the other hand, I know that through some of this work I've done that I just need to let it roll.
0: Yeah. Uh, thank you. What what a vulnerable expression and so clear and tight as far as like, you know, I've got to let it roll. I've found that so often in general population around interactions, you know, they're missing the opportunity. They're not activating. They're not maximizing. But so often leader types, the ones that would listen to this, uh, the ones that are here being interviewed, you know, we're the kind of people who are like, no, I'm going to control every part of it. Like, I, it has to happen. It will happen. I will make it happen. And uh, good on you, good on you. Is there any place, and and I think this just gives permission to know that we're all in motion, we're all growing, we're all at different places, but we always have a component of our lives where we feel like we're winning. We always have a component of our lives where we may feel inspired to make it better or or get out of stuckness. Is there any place right now where you feel like, man, you know, I'll figure this out, I don't have it figured out, but I'm a little bit taking a thump here. And there may not be anything that comes to mind, just making space
1: for it. Being a dad. uh, okay. I the first thing that comes to mind is being a dad, right? I mean, there's no manual for any of that. And, you know, and, and my three kids are absolutely the, the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. And, you know, I often describe, you know, having kids in the middle of running a small company doing the startup thing, you know, it's like it made everything 10 times harder, but a hundred times better. Right. But the challenge in that is you don't have a manual, you don't know how to deal with certain situations and as they're growing and maturing, there's a lot that just gets thrown at you that, you know, even this past week, I'm like, never thought in a million years. I would with my eight year old at this point in time. And so, you know, taking all of that, but embracing those moments of uncertainty and that, you know, those moments of, uh, you know, challenge, uh, and enjoying those growing in those moments has been, has been really rewarding too. And so I think for me as a dad, I've had to kind of settle into my role there because I was maybe distracted in the previous life. Uh, and didn't really know what it's all about. But now that I don't have the distraction of running my own company, I feel like I'm having to learn all these things about my kids that maybe I would have just taken for granted before. And so it's been a great experience as a result. But yeah, definitely something that day by day, I'm having to you know, take a big gulp for.
0: Dude, thank you, man. Thank you. I mean, I love that on so many levels. One, all parenting is experimental. We're learning in so many ways. But two, how how common to humanity that is and as we as leaders are balancing our passion for the mission uh, not forgetting the big part of the mission being at home Mm -hmm. you know vulnerably I think really captured by that because as you know because I had shared with it at the event that I'd spoke at for you but we moved into a new home you know about a little bit less than a month ago brand new home and really excited about that but I I actually was Thinking back and going, okay, two addresses ago, it was our kids' little. Last address was teenagers. This address is kind of like older teenagers, college launching out. And what it did, Ryan, was like, I, I truly did make so many mistakes for sure. But one of the things I did right was just home most nights and so glad. But I truly did look back at it and I was like, even though I tried to enjoy it and did, how fast that goes by. And good on you, man good on you. Where do you think about right now, because you've started something, you've built it up, you've sold it. I mean, what a massive amount of experience that is providing this leadership now to the organization that you're in, seeing a vision of where they can go and what's happening. What for you do you think is the greatest challenge
1: in being a leader?
0: This could be something particular to you. This could also be general to leadership right now or both and.
1: Uh, so that's a great question. I mean, I think authenticity is, is a big part of what uh, what I see as a challenge. And and I think that comes because we're in a spot where we're seeing a transition in leadership, right? Where let's call it the old guard and the new guard. And there's this transition, you know, where, you know, folks around my age, you know, I'm approaching 40, you know, are stepping into more and more leadership positions and their style of leadership is very different than those that have come before them. And so I think that what we're seeing is just kind of like melting pot leadership styles that, you know, in some cases is really good, but in other cases is, you know, driving, you know, people out of organizations and creating a lot of stress and anxiety that isn't, you know, that is, oh, you know, what I see is being authentic and being able to connect with, you know, an older employee or a younger employee, just be your true self in those moments. Uh, that vulnerability is important that they, they can then open up to you and share with you openly and honestly. Um, I think again, traditionally in leadership, we were told not to show any vulnerability. Uh, at least that's how I was, you know, was thought to be a leader. You can't be vulnerable. You can't you know, show your weaknesses. And I see that in a lot of, I would say legacy leaders, you know, the the ones that are in a lot of leadership positions today. I think the younger folks that are coming into those positions, maybe lead from a different perspective and it's from showing their true colors, you know, sharing their examples and, you know, their humility and all of that, which is very different. And I think command and control was maybe how things have been done in the past versus how do we bring people along? How do we walk alongside them versus just telling them what to do? And I, I think, you know, as a result, you still have some of that legacy leadership and some of this new leadership. It's all kind of meddling in the middle here. And in some cases it's great and in other cases it's not. And so I think just, again, today is, is really important in all of that.
0: Yeah, thank you. I mean, I think there's a, there's been work done around this idea of like, okay, what kind of leadership does this situation demand? So sometimes in a crisis, you've got to be more directive when conflict has things rupturing or whatever. But as an overarching style, that shift between command and control, and then more honest, but still inspiring, is exactly what I've seen happen, for sure, in in the companies we work with over and over again, and even in my own journey. Dude, I can remember, so being 45 now, I I was in a public leadership role at age 21 for the first time. I can remember being 30 years old when I had this revelation light bulb moment of going, I can get up in front of the organization and say, here's the problem, here's what we're doing about it, and here's how we want to, you know, collect better ideas. And there was this feeling, Ryan, in me, like up to that point. If I say the problem out loud in front of the organization, I'm going to disintegrate, I'm going to cease to exist, right? Everything bad that you could imagine is going to happen is going to happen. And and it was the opposite. I got free of some of that pressure, the insecurity that was keeping me from doing it, it got creative ideas unleashed. It made me more inspiring and credible to people rather than what I was afraid of on the inside, which is like, Mm -hmm. it's going to hurt credibility, it's going to make you not be able to be followed. So I love, I love that you're seeing that and wanting to live in that reality. What for you, and I know this is going to be a, this is a fun question. I love asking. It doesn't always come up, but I always love it when it does. When you think about being you, being Ryan Preston, what do you like about yourself the most?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Uh, Wow. You know, I, I aspire to empathize with you know, those that I'm with and, you know, being able to, you know, put myself in their shoes and, you know, it is, as much as I aspire to do that, I, then I don't do it in every situation. So it's something that I like to work at, right? But trying to understand first before being understood. And I think, you know, I want to understand perspectives. I want to gain those, you know, lenses from people so that I can you know i can understand their view of it their perspective of it and then maybe provide some color or commentary they could add to it i aspire to do that first again i'm i'm guilty at times of trying to be understood first instead of understanding first but you know being able to empathize with others and you know and, and recognize the you know the shoes that they're walking in uh, is something i try to do and 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 you know appreciate about myself
0: yeah thank you uh, that's awesome more of that please right Um, (laughs) sure it's so easy when we're stressed and overwhelmed to get blinded by hey the other person's a human and with our move you know there's like 17 million calls you have to make to to move and man there's a business right make yeah just do all that for me and I, and I have help with assistance and stuff, but sometimes you just still gotta make the call yourself, depending on what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm not at the level that I have power of attorney distributed to, you know, a team, an army. Uh, but the idea being, and of course, you get this with the impact your business makes and and how you guys serve utility companies. But the idea being, it had reached a point. I'm confessing this uh, here on the podcast that I, I I was so many calls in on so many different things, and I just I kind of had a little breakdown. I was like, listen. I know you're not the enemy. I know it's not your fault. I know you're not trying to make my day hard. I have to believe you're doing the best you can. But what can we do? <laughs> Just that, mm-hmm. that desperate feeling. And and yeah, empathy goes out the door so quick when we're feeling, you know, overwhelmed with our challenges and what we're facing. Where do you, in in the current context of seeing younger leaders especially, because I think we've articulated the good that they bring and the flavor of what they want and how that helps us. Where do you see younger leaders struggling where, hey, as an older leader, here's a skill I've built and I enjoy using this skill and I hope to be able to teach it to younger leaders.
1: I see a lot of really capable leaders not feel confident in their ability to just help right? I mean, like they maybe they build up too much in their head as to like, you know, their opinion or their expertise and are shy and sharing. And and I see a lot of, you know, for lack of a better description, the imposter syndrome with a, a lot of young, you know, great leaders that aren't quite comfortable asserting themselves yet for a variety of reasons, I, I suspect. And so, you know, I think that, you know, there's insecurities in all of us, right? We all have a little bit of imposter syndrome, but You know, I would encourage some of these younger leaders that are maybe second guessing themselves to just continue to believe in yourself. That's obviously what got you to where you are today. And that uncomfortable feeling that you have and putting yourself out there is the growth that you're experiencing. So, you know, thinking about, you know, feeling uncomfortable about an expertise that you have or opinion that you are very well qualified to speak to, you know, not being afraid to be your true self and just speak your thoughts, speak your opinions professionally and appropriately, of course, but, you know, not being afraid to, you know, to just put yourself out there because I think I did for so long. I, you know, and I I appreciate now when I hear somebody say, well, I learned this, that and the other from you. I wasn't planning to teach you anything, but I'm glad that you picked up on some of that. Right. And so I think it just demonstrates that, you know, I have experience that I can draw from. We have experiences we can draw from uh, and that perspective is valuable. Um, anybody so just encouraging you just to put yourself out there and be comfortable being uncomfortable as cliche as that might sound
0: yeah but true I always I heard this years ago cliches stick around because they're true (laughs) that's what Mm -hmm. what makes them makes them stay I mean you think about how hard it is to capture people's attention and to get an idea to hold man these ideas that hold in cliches that's because they work yeah so clearly you value growth and development and, you know, you see the power uh, and potential of, of change. Was there a point in the past for you, you know, how many ever years ago, wherever your mind goes, and, and there may not be where like you had a light bulb moment, like, Oh my gosh, I can read a book and take an idea and apply it to my life and make a change. And just thinking generally about the journey of development, um, Yeah. What, where do you go back to, if you think about when that began for you, when you began to value awareness, what comes to mind?
1: Yeah. The awareness piece has been valuable. You know, I think it's, it's probably around the time we started working together back in 2020, I think it was. And, you know, for me, I was maybe oblivious to a lot of the signals that I was seeing in the world, um, things that would help me be a better person, be a better leader be less stressed. I, you know, I was obtuse to all these markers and signals that I was, you know, that I was getting from the universe. And, and ultimately there was a moment of clarity where it just kind of dawned on me that, you know, I need to stop shooting all this stuff out and start taking inventory of these things that I'm being signaled on. And, you know, a lot of it was, you know, personal relationships, professional things that were happening, just a lot of signals that, you know, I eventually opened my eyes to and Once I started doing that, the awareness continued to build. So, you know, I think back to when I joke with my colleagues and my friends about Ryan 1.0, that was the white knuckler. That was the guy that just tried to control everything and would, you know, would go out of my way to manipulate a situation in a lot of ways to try and keep that semblance of control or that perception of control. But in reality, there was no control there. I was just pulling myself into thinking I was in control, and so I think the awareness has allowed me to take a step back, detach from a lot of these outcomes, um, and just kind of stick. You know, that, the the saying of you know be where you are, right? Just be present in the moment um, versus worrying about what happened yesterday or what might happen tomorrow. It, it, none of that really matters, and I think you know trying to find that centering again. I struggle with this on on a daily basis, but proving. And the hiding, it shows up every single day, but I've found myself being aware of it. And as such, I'm able to stay a little bit closer to the middle. And so, you know, the swings from, you know, the white knuckling, trying to prove something of control or avoiding a situation entirely, pretending like it wasn't there, Mm -hmm. um, I'm doing a lot less of that. And I think as a result, my relationships have improved. The quality of my work has improved. You know, I'm happier with myself. And, uh, you know, and I let things slide off my back that I otherwise wouldn't have. And I think it's just overall improved me as Ryan, as well as how Ryan shows up for others in this world, whether it's as a dad, as a husband, or as a colleague. I think that awareness has been has been invaluable to helping grow. Thank so. you, man. I, I mean,
0: first and foremost, just it, actually, I was going to ask you tell me, you know, about our the impact from working together. What still lingers. Thinking that would be like in the recent history and you might have a further back situation on the awareness, but to have you share that so articulately and succinctly was just, A, thank you, meaningful to hear. B, I hope people like grabbed a hold of that in a deep way, especially if they've never thought about how insecurities show up in leadership. Uh, And you used a phrase, of course, that we use this idea of proving and hiding and how easy it is, how easy it is for me to ignore a situation and just be caught in the optimism of it's going to get better or, you know, the fear of tackling it or to try to white knuckle it. I love how you're using that phrase to, to prove, to control it all. And what you took me back to with the white knuckling was, uh, you you know, with us getting in the house. And I think I shared the story at the event, but at least for the listeners, they didn't hear it. You know, buying a house as a homeowner is such a crazy thing. Actually, I saw on Twitter a couple of days ago, it's like, Banks prefer a 50K a year employee with a W-2 over a 500K entrepreneur. And I believe it. Dude, holy crap. It was just so wild, the whole process. And so we get near the end and get pre-approval and the whole thing up and down, up and down. And it's like, no, it's not going to happen. And so, you know, this was like a Friday and we were supposed to, supposed to close the following Tuesday. All right. And we've already sold our house man i mean we got to go somewhere <laughs> so i'm freaked out i mean that's that's hard and okay i can stress about this i can try to white knuckle it or my family's upstairs at least the ones that were home from jobs and they're eating dinner and they're watching the favorite show that we watch right now which is impractical jokers we just we try not to die watching this show because we're laughing so hard you don't to choke on your food <laughs> But they're up there watching it. So I'm going to go up there and watch it with them. So I go up there and watch it with them. Ryan, I'm kidding you not. Set the problem down. Don't try to control it all. Don't white knuckle it. Boom. Creative idea hits. I mean, after we'd already been working for like two months as a way to like restructure some stuff and uh, on the financials. And so got with the mortgage guy. Actually, he was available on a Saturday. Amazing. And um, he's like, I think that's going to work. Confirmed it. The following week, got it all lined up. And But it's this idea that like your best insights aren't coming when you're, uh, uh, in that Granite Barrett phase and so I love love how you express that and um, and hopefully yeah people can listen and go okay there's more hope for me there's more hope for me to grow my awareness uh, when you think about the leadership situation in the world right now uh, this kind of reality where we're in a perma crisis we're exposed to the news of the world uh, how challenging and exhausting that can be how divisive politics are Uh, even the economic context and the layoffs, you know, what for you do you think is just a message leaders need to hear? That's really critical for them to be encouraged with right now.
1: Again, cliche, but you know, focus on what you can control. And there's so much that we can get consumed by that is outside of our control. And, and understanding what those things are, I think is helpful. Like you don't want to be oblivious to what's going on around you. Right. But, you know, found that there's so many places where I thought I was being entertained and all it was doing is just winding me up. Social media being a big part of that, right? And so eliminating some of those distractions and thinking about the stuff that, again, it's in my control has been really helpful in trying to tune out things that are just causing me unnecessary angst that thinking about them uh, is not going to do me really good either. And so, you know, I think, again, we all get wrapped up in all these lie that are there you know poking at us every single day and you know some of those we can control other of those that we can and though so trying to focus on the things that you know I can control or have influence on versus the ones that are going to just keep poking me whether I do anything about it or not. because there's nothing again that I can do that's going to change that other than just adapt and and kind of roll with the punches so
0: man thank you I love that line I thought I was being entertained but I was getting spun up Mm -hmm. man that's a great way of describing yeah how quick that anxiety and comparison and so so much pressure and i'm not like them and i want that now and wherever it takes people right all the different places yeah
1: um or and as much as we'd like to say that that doesn't consume us right i mean like again i would take that you know oh i mean like i'm I'm mentally stable enough that this doesn't have any influence on me but you know it's, it's kind of the the cracks in the foundation it's like not going to notice it on first blush, but it's just compounding all that negativity. And you know, it just creates a lot of anxiety and stress that's not needed. So again, the social media piece, really valuable. I love my Twitter. I feel like I get a lot of great insight and news through it, but um, also found that, you know, without good moderation and boundaries on it, um, it can be a very strong source of stress and anxiety about things I had zero control over, right? Like going back to the original question, I have zero influence or zero control over these things. And I'm all firework about it. Like what's that going to do? Not a whole lot of good at least. Yeah.
0: Metaphorically, I think about it like, am I drowning in this or surfing with it? Right. Cause so easy to hook to the fire hose of it and start getting water. It's like you're waterboarding yourself with Mm -hmm. all of that. And, and versus like, okay, this was helpful. I'm going to email this to myself and then I'm done, you know? And, uh, yeah. For me, that is, that's the organizing piece in my brain that I just try to check myself on. So, but I love it. That's a great way to frame it. Well, for those that may want to connect with you more, or maybe have a question from today's episode, is there a way you, uh, or a place you'd like to point them where they could connect with you?
1: Yeah. find me on LinkedIn, I'm always uh, open to grabbing a drink or grabbing a cup of coffee and talking shop. So, you know, I love nothing more than hearing from other entrepreneurs and You know, we'd be willing to have a coffee or grab a beer, whatever makes sense. But yeah, find me on LinkedIn, hit me up there.
0: That's so gracious of you, I love it. And is is it on LinkedIn, just Ryan Presto, P-R-E-S-T-E-O? Yeah, you got it. it. It's it's not Ryan Presto, the sales daddy, just making sure. (laughs) no. Um, (laughs) So fun, so fun. Well, a privilege to have you here today and thank you for your time and your encouragement to leaders. And uh, may we all pay attention across the board not just social media are we getting spun up here or are we really trying to impact the things that we can't control uh thank you so much buddy
1: absolutely appreciate it
0: thanks so much for being here you know that self-leadership Is difficult. And as you listened, if you found within yourself a desire for more awareness for yourself, your team, or your culture, or the people that you would guide as a coach, you can find more at Sightshift.com, S I G H T shift.com to take the next step.